Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. Hello, sir. From space. <laughs> your co-host, Hunter. Ooh, space trucking. Here I am with space trucking. And your co-host, Spaz. Always on the lookout for space herpes, because you never want to find space herpes. <laughs> So you're looking out for it so you can avoid it. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's that's a herpes, not hair piece. Because if it was a space hair piece, it could be Shatner's toupee. True. I, I, I was going for the Ice Pirates reference. So. Speaking of which, oh my gosh. Now, I, I got to tell you guys about this. You have to go look it up. It's on YouTube. Uh-huh. I typically, and this is just a personal opinion, I typically am not a huge fan of Will Wheaton. But... He has this great slam poetry piece he does about meeting William Shatner for the first time when he was uh, on the cast of The Next Generation. They were um, they were shooting some episodes, and they were filming Star Trek V. So this was like in the 80s. So they're sh- they were filming Star Trek V in the studio right across the lot from them. And uh, it's, a, it's a great little... Uh, little story about how he met William Shatner for the first time. It was, it's really funny. Highly recommend it. I'll have to find that. That sounds great. Um, where, oh, <laughs> we're, okay. Hi, everyone. I, t- I totally got thrown off. I'm very tired. I apologize. I'm very, very tired. Um, so this week's topic was suggested by Lance Criminal 86. Thank you, Lance. Uh, Good job, David. Oh, is that David? Thank you, David. Um, I'll be honest, folks. I was telling the the uh, the gents here earlier today. It's been. I'm a little t- tired of. Uh, I was just. I need a break from guests, and I've been having fun with these topic based shows. We're going to continue it for a little while, to be perfectly honest. Um, it's not like we're never going to have guests again, but you know, I think we've kind of been like every week's a guest, every week's a guest. So it's nice to have a little break, you know, and and just shoot the shit with a lot less pressure than is in an interview. So our topic this week, thanks to David, is our dream space games. Uh, what is our ideal space game? What's like, if we could have anything, if money was no, if money and time were no object, um, what kind of game would we have made or would we have made for us? So, Jim, I'm going to start with you um, what would your dream space game entail? And folks, by the way, if you're listening or watching live, please feel free to share your ideas uh, for your dream space game. If you want to type it out in the Discord or in one of the uh, stream chats, uh, we'll, we'll, we'd love to hear your ideas as well. So please hit us up with your ideas as well. But Jim, what would you say is your, um, like if money and time were no object, what would your dream space game be? Well, it would be, um, somewhat like Eve Online, mixed with Elite, right? Uh, except that the ships would be Star Wars type assets, and you would Ooh. definitely be able to grab a joystick and fly a freaking starfighter around. Um, you know, but it's kind of sounding Star Citizeny, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's not going to happen. So uh, I'm thinking. If uh, if it was like Star Citizen's ambition stuffed into Eve's body 
then you probably got it. But I, but I would also, and it, this is a giant thing that lacks in all games since the nineties, uh, is that kind of dynamic campaign, right? So like star Wars oh. games, like tie fighter and that they had really cool scripted missions. And, yeah, and that. yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do that, but fill in between them with some, some, uh, dynamically created content as well. So, but you know, it's like, it's like for the big stuff though, you could, you could have scripted or you, you have a giant pool of scripted missions, which the, uh, the community could actually create and, and vote on. Right. And much like star Trek online does, uh, Neverwinter nights online does. So the community could create these missions because dude, that that's like my start into game stuff was I, I had, uh, XVT ed, and I was making X-Wing versus TIE Fighter campaign stuff. And that's actually how I got my first IT job. It was a guy who had played really? the mission pack that I made. Yeah. Oh. And was like, oh, yeah, I know you and hired me. So, yeah, um, that's that's kind of where I think I would go is is a uh, uh, partially handmade and a lot of dynamic content. But you have to have the handmade stuff in there because that's you know, where, where the good storytelling things come from. Right. Um, and also if it was, if it was going to be like elite, I would have career paths that people could choose. And then the oh, content God. would yes. be a bit, a bit catered toward what they do. So if you're a miner, you would probably seek out the mining missions and then there could be a few different storylines that you could end up going down. Like more right, so. more curated gameplay, basically a, based, a bit, yeah. based, based on your. Be, though, if you let the if you let the uh, audience create some of the content, they would create some fabulous things. They would create some probably poor things as well, but the, but that stuff would get pruned out really fast because people would care, right? Um, and the the galaxy in a game like Elite is huge, so it would be like, Hey man, go over here because the missions, you know, that this one player corporation has given out are amazing. Right. So people would gravitate to the good stuff. So, uh, your popularity would be based on, on how good your stuff was and people that were just making crap would just never get seen. So it would take care of itself. Um, and I, and I think the, a, a huge strength of it would be if you had something that's not Star Wars because Star Wars is dead now. Um, but if it was like what we remember was good about Star Wars before it turned into bullshit, um, that kind yeah. of thing, then we kind of, we, we kind of, sorry to interrupt, we kind of had a, a little bit of a talk about that in the admin chat or somewhere in here earlier today about some IPs that generally just have kind of gone down the, 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 the crapper as far as games are concerned. That's yeah, well, like Star yeah. Trek has a hell of a time making a good game, even though it's a cool universe. Well, the problem the problem with Star Trek is over the last, I think, six to seven years, they've just decided to put all of their eggs into STL. Yeah, that too. But I mean, like even back in the day, right? They, you know, the Bridge Commander was kind of a. It was like two games. One game was excellent, and then the other half of the game was like what? And unfortunately, they were welded together. And uh, Star Trek Online is kind of that too, right? Like, I love the space stuff. I cannot play that game because of the ground stuff. I just refuse because it, it just feels like I'm just having my nuts drugged through broken glass mandatory Ow. in order to get back to the space stuff. And it's just like, oh, 
owie, so, owie. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny when you're talk when you're talking about what this you want this one game to do. I thought of like three games that do bits of what you want. Like you have you you have Star Shatter. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, what else would be freaking amazing is um, you can't possibly have graphical assets for all of this stuff. So I would actually put somewhat of a mud in there, right? So like whenever you land on a planet or whatever, just flip that shit to like a text-based game. Oh, like like space like, like what Space Rangers, Space Rangers 2s? Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny about that is actually a lot of games kind of kind of do that. They they there's some games kind of dumb that process down to either like a mini game or just a like think about um uh Vendetta Online or even some of these other uh, smaller games like um Evercron and all that stuff. When you dock at something, it's just like you bring a menu up and that's what you're doing. Oh, Which, but no, no, I don't mean that. I mean, this is player created content. So I can, I can like write, like, okay, you dock at my star base and now you get like a text interface, right? And it's like, oh, now you're standing in this room that I write a very nice description of. And oh, there's this painting on the wall. Well, look at that. Okay. So I wrote a description <laughs> of that. And now, we're playing a mud. All of a sudden it becomes Alien Isolation, the text based game. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It could be. It could be whatever the hell I want to do in there. Right. And th- so th- this is a thought that crossed my mind today was Space Station 13, right? Where nobody can seem to make a graphical. Uh, reproduction of Space Station 13. Oh my God, man. The way is a mud. Like, why haven't they tried that yet? Maybe somebody has, but it, it's obviously didn't work, right? I heard of it. Um, but you can do so much stuff in a textual game that you can't do with rendering of things. You know, it's just like there's not enough assets in the world to actually flesh out, you know, and you'd have a, a fucking terabytes huge game. But the the community couldn't like be making a lot of uh, planet content and uploading it and doing all you know that no but they can write text descriptions and do you know really cool story stuff and write npc conversation trees and all that stuff and it would be great and then that can tie into the graphical like okay now i'm in space i'm in my ship and i actually you know operate the the ship like a normal game um but all that land stuff you know people are like oh i want like planets i can land on walk around and dude that's never gonna happen like if you if you played like frontier elite 2 or whatever yeah i can land on a planet there's like a, a city that looks like a cluster of skyscrapers and and a couple of landing pads right and and evercron is the same way well you can you can wander around in a vehicle but it's just like a big empty, right? You know, it's it's not going to be a fleshed out world. Don't expect like I get out of my spaceship and then I'm in I'm in Skyrim where it's this fully fleshed out. Well, what about world. like uh, what about like the freelancer mod? Just the discovery freelancer. Yeah, there's a little bit of walking around on the ground in that. It's kind of limited. Not that I've ever seen. No. Sure, like when you when you land. Oh on yeah, the planet, you... oh when you walk around the bar and talk to people. Yeah, I'd yeah, be fine with that. Of. Well, and Discovery takes that completely out too, though. I mean, it's like the the bar is a menu at that point because you don't really have the NPCs to talk to. I don't think. But that's because they they had to like 
neuter the single player stuff because the multiplayer got way out of scope of what the single player stuff could handle. So it broke the hell out of it. So it's got to make a decision at that point. Um, but you know, I, I really, I like uh, discovery freelancer a lot. I, I just, I don't know. I, I need something because that game relies very heavily on the role playing stuff. And, and it's a social contract with all the players that you will behave you know, according to the server rules and stuff, which I've never seen anybody be a douche in there either. Like people stay in character. You know, it's like if you're going to be a pirate, well, you can't just decloak and start blasting somebody. It's actually, you know, you have to like pull up on them and, and interdict them and be like, ho, ho, I'm a pirate. You know, let's negotiate your terms uh, because it's a gentleman thing. You know, you, you don't not not like what happened to us on Saturday and Eve. <laughs> which I'm scanning a site and all of a sudden a ship decloaks and I'm eating torpedoes and I'm dead. Uh, it's like, ah, oh, okay. Well, that was fun for that guy, I guess. So that's the kind of thing that I kind of want to avoid. Um, I, I do. I wish that elite was a game where you could not go offline though. And when there was scary stuff, you know, the content is scary in places, you know, you go into a lawless system or whatever. And if they ever got the crime and punishment system straightened out where it actually worked, it would, you know, I, I just needed to be like Concord and Eve. The Concord solution is it, right? It's like you screw around with another player and the cops are going to show up and wax you. And if you're in 1.0 security, you're going to die instantly almost. But if you're in like 0.5 security, you might have time to kill that guy and get away. Right. So, you know, and and then in like point four and lower, well, the cops won't show up, but you got to worry about the guns on the gates and stuff. So you're still going to be unwelcome. Um, and even with Eve, though, I wish that the faction warfare stuff was more of a, a thing where it's just like I could get a bounty if if I'm if I'm faction warfare and I kill any ship of the opposing empire then I'm getting bounties for that as if they were like rats, you know? Well, you, you kind of do, you, you get, you get faction like incentives for it. It's a different kind of bonus. Yeah. But, but I'm talking in a context of, of, of a game that's like elite dangerous, right? See the, the stupid way that they did faction warfare in elite is that whole, like, I'm going to haul leaflets and then we're going to like tip the influence of this planet. Cause everything in elite is a reputation meter unfortunately. Um, so if you could do stuff like, all right, I declare allegiance to, you know, the, this leader, and then you're not at war with all your neighbors, but that one neighbor in particular, or maybe an alliance of neighbors, uh, you are right. And that's, that's not like a player run faction. That's a NPC thing. That's the universe and how it is. Um, although player actions could maybe change the size and shape of the empire on the map. But, you know, it's, it's like, let them tell the narrative in there still too. But it's the deal of like, okay, if I'm, if I'm faction a and I go out and fight faction B, then I'm getting bounties for that. But if I kill friendly players and this would work in Eve as well, if I kill people that are in my faction, I, instead of getting a reward, I get fined it just sucks the money right out of my wallet. So now you have a reason to feel safe in your own sovereign space because you know that your own people aren't going to be knuckleheads and gank you because it's going to suck millions of dollars. They're going to pay the rebuy on your ship. 
oh, you blew up my billion isk cruiser. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like I just got it rebought for me out of your wallet. So all that gank shit goes away, except that there's incentive for the enemy to come in and put the gank on you because they would get a percentage of the worth of tonnage that they sink. Right. So at that point, you know, people are going to keep like their rich stuff toward the core of their empire. And there's every incentive for the enemy to try to get in there and get it. So that content's going to create itself. Um, but they unfortunately haven't really set it up that way. So because, you know, it's, it's like you get these big like goon fleet or whatever, and they're huge. And on the borders, it's kind of scary, but in the middle, it's safe. And then those guys get bored. And it's just like, we got too much money, too many ships. Oh, let's go burn Jita down, right? Let's, let's, uh, like, vent our boredom through trolling instead of, instead of, like, you know, pick an actual war target or something. You know, it's like, let's just go troll people and club seals and be stupid for a while. Uh, but that kind of breaks out of, of the world, right? You know, it's like the, to the average player, you don't really have a, uh, a sense of like what the geography of Eve is, you know, the place that's around you, right? There's like the people that, you know, like we live in the pipe, we know our neighbors. That's cool. There's a sense of community in elite. There is no sense of community like that because there is no scary geography. I can fly anywhere. And, and if it's too scary, I just go offline and I fly there. Right. So there's no reason to stay in a local area other than building reputation meters at a station. You know, you want to continue to do, um, but there's no end result to that. But in this game, you can own stations. You can, you know, do things. The, the prices in the market change whenever you talk to NPCs, right. And you build, um, and this is an interesting thing in, in here too, is whenever you get loyalty points, you can spend the loyalty points on items you can't get otherwise. And then you can turn those and sell them on the market and give access to it to other people. But you charge a lot for that, right? Are the Sisters of Eve ships still that way? Because it used to be you could only get those things with loyalty points, right? So then people put them on the market. So when I go buy it and I don't have loyalty points... Well, they're turning their loyalty points into cash. So that's a cool market mechanic. And Elite has none of this shit. So it's it's just like Elite mashed together with Eve, and you make the the ships and everything a familiar Star Wars-y kind of thing. And, like, you could fly a carrier, right? But then I grab my joystick, jump in a fighter, and fly out and fight off your carrier, uh, like what Star Citizen kind of promises. That would be great. Yeah, and if the missions are like scripted stuff, like, hey, we we just pulled a mission to go kill this pirate base, right? So we warp our ship in, and we come out of hyperspace, bang, there's the pirate base, and they start launching fighters, and then all the dudes on your side start launching fighters out of your carrier, and you have like a wing commandery brawl, Right. And but because it's also a scripted mission that has NPC stuff going on, it might be like get in there, scan those cargo containers, and then our cargo lifters are going to come in and steal them while you keep the fighters busy. So the mission is to protect the cargo lifters, stuff like that. 
Yeah, you don't get that in these games. Isn't because Star- there is no scripted stuff. Isn't Starfighter Inc. going in that direction? I think it is. Uh, yeah, they're trying to. It's, yeah, uh, I, I need to see some more motion from from that. I mean, I, I know they're working on it steady, but they yeah, they're working on you know, it. It's kind of like an evenings kind of thing, and they're a geographically widespread team, so it makes it a little slow. But they, yeah, they ha- I mean, they these ha- guys have made games before. They know what they're doing. They have matches every week, actually, I believe, um, and they've updated it a few times since I got a copy. I just I'm never oh, th- cool. I'm never there when they run their thing. It's like Tuesdays at one or something. It's like ah, oh, yeah. cra- it's like I had it, and then they they pulled access for everybody for like some update that they were doing, and like I just haven't really asked them for a key back. Oh, they'll probably give you one if you go on their well, Discord. Well, yeah, now that they're actually doing some some actual testing stuff, because like yeah. back when I had it, it was like you could float around in the hangar and you could launch in a ship but you couldn't really interact with anything. So you could just kind of fly the ship around a little bit. And I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. You know what's a real shame is that Terminus never took off because it has the seeds of a lot of what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got, it has multiplayer. It has multiplayer where you can make missions for other people and, and trade things on a bazaar and whatnot. You know, can you imagine a Terminus three that did all these things? Wow. Yeah. And you know, the the way to reward for content creation is to give people items in the game. You know, like factiony things, right? Like, mm. hey man, you, you made some content for our game, so you get like, you know, special space diamonds that you can't get any other way. And then there's like a space diamond merchant and you can turn that in and get skins for your ship or you know, like better equipment than other people can get, you know, it's, it's like fancier. It's not necessarily overpowered or anything, but, but it, you know, it's like you fly around and it's like, Hey, that guy is in a content creator ship and it's a blinging one. So he must've made some good stuff for this game. Mm. Right. So it's like, I don't want to just support the game with my money. I want to support the game with, with my creativity. So give me the tools, man. We got a couple. We got a couple. Uh, well, we have one person in Twitch saying a couple of things. First, he would like to see an expansion of Rebel Galaxy with uh, more missions, six degrees of freedom, yeah, and, that's coming. And, and more ships. Yes, yeah, that's of. coming. Follow <sighs> follow Howie Day on yeah. Twitter, and you but, will see it. But he, screenshot he, Saturday. I know. But he also said, "What about Battlestar Galactica gridlock?" Skinned in Star Trek or Star Wars, I'm like, have you played Starfleet Command? It's kind of like that. <laughs> well, no, but the, but that's the thing. Like th- this guy's preaching to the choir here because remember when we had the developer for Battlestar Galactica Deadlock on when he was when he was making that Starhammer game, and and I'm like, bro, you need to open this up for mods because this would be the best damn Star Wars game mm-hmm. ever. You I just agree. can't make it Star Wars, but I can. Just let me mod it, and you'll have a Star Wars game tomorrow, and you'll sell a million copies of this thing. Yeah, uh, you know, because because the X Wing tabletop game is is I don't know how hot it is now, but it was super hot then, and it, it's just like man, if I had a digital version of that that I could play with people, that would be badass. I'm not really interested in killing space shrimp though. Um, but dude, if you let me put Star Wars or Star Trek or something that people care about in here this game is going to fly. 
And he proved it because then he got the Battlestar Galactica license. And I'm sure that he's made some bank on that. So, but the thing is though, now that it's in the license game, there's like less incentive to open it to modding because if he could get another license, well, he won't because the community already made that stuff. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe they'll do, I mean, they only, they, maybe they'll do another game like similar to that, but in another universe if they can do it. Cause I mean, the Battlestar game is doing fairly, it looks like it's doing quite well. And so maybe that'll show other um, other uh, licensee license holders that hey maybe they can make a game with our universe out of this. That should yeah. be a topic for another show. Like what universes deserve either more games or just games in general. We should talk about yeah, that. Or some I I just want a universe that is not uh, it's not Star Wars, it's not Star Trek, but it feels familiar in that way. But we are not be held to canon right because then people right. just like in the star war or the star trek online game right it's like well no you couldn't start this klingon war because that didn't happen or whatever in the timeline it's like no this this is like not star trek right this is this is something that resembles the thing that you're star, very fond of star trek doesn't care about timelines anymore have you been watching oh, Dis- I, I, I have you been but, watching but, but discovery what I'm, but what I'm, yeah but you haven't hung out with hunter whenever discovery was on and listened to him rant about memory alpha right so I, I'm, I'm just saying people are very invested in the continuity yeah. of those properties right unfortunately disney was not so invested in star wars when they bought that because they fucked that all up. But um, I, I don't know, man, rogue one is what you get when you let a fan write the movie and everything else that we've seen is what you get when you get the boardroom to write the movie. But I, I just think like, take the shack, take the shackles off. Don't hold us to any particular canon, but we can make this thing very familiar. Right. It was like, well, what about a star Trek thing yet? There is a galactic empire or whatever, right? And, you know, who knows? Um, but the, I don't know, man. I, that, see, there is a thing that I thought of today, and, and it's nothing to do with that, but it just, I remind myself of, of this thought. Um, where I liked Star Wars more when I did not have it explained to me, like all of the political workings of the galactic empire. And who was who and what I liked it more when the, when the emperor was a mysterious, like just up, up, up a boogeyman, right? He's like Sauron. He's off in the distance and it's just like, yeah, there's this giant empire. It's completely invulnerable. And then there's these people that are rebels against it and they're, they're fighting against the impossible, right? Fine. But then once, whenever you take it into a scope, like with the new order, right? It's like, okay, there's these guys and they got like five ships and a moon. And, you know, but you kind of know everything about them at that point. And, and everybody else knows everything about them. And, and it's kind of like, well, it doesn't make sense, right? But if you leave it super vague, it's just like, dude, it's the Galactic Empire. It's, it's like you know, from side to side of the entire galaxy and they run everything and you don't need to know more than that. It's just like, yeah, they're all powerful. They're super evil and you shouldn't like them. Okay, good. But I, I I just think 
if you explain too much, uh, it it takes the magic out. Right? Well, that, there's so. been exa- there's been examples of that in all kinds of science fiction. Look at the Borg in uh, Star Trek or the Angels in Doctor Who. You're like you overuse or overexplain something, it's like oh, I don't care anymore. You yeah, know? it's just, like well, the origins of no, no, <laughs> I don't want to know. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, I want to know, but I don't want to know. So, you know, don't don't hand it to me like spoon fed or anything because yeah. it, it, it breaks the, the mystique. Right. So so let's let's do a, a property that is familiar and yet still retains its mystique. Right. <laughs> and Farscape. That, yeah. Ooh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> with, with more Muppets. Uh <laughs> It's time to put on makeup. And, Andromeda. There Mother, you go. Mo- motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Hunter, what would you say is your uh, dream space game? And don't say Eve Online. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> yeah, this is really good timing. I'm just now about to dock up this giant freighter. Because, um, yes, I am playing even now. Even now, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like, ideally, are you knocking it to the Fortisar? No, that that doesn't get fully anchored until Mm. tomorrow evening. It's twenty four hour cycle. But yes, there there's a friendly giant citadel going up in our pipeline. But uh, anyway. My ideal space game, you know, that's an interesting, like, idea. You know, you would think, like, you just take all of the best of everything and just throw it into one. But, you know, there's there's definitely parts of a lot of games, and, and, we, and I'm, we're all going to do this, but there's definitely parts of all, a lot of games that you just throw them together, and that would be awesome. Ideally... Starting, starting with the basis of, of like, a real living, breathing world is something that I want to be a part of, which is why I do like Eve so much. But for an ideal space game for me, it's got to start basic with the economy. And you kind of have to build around the idea of a thriving economy. Like, and the players of course, determine the, how thriving that economy will be, but you, you make it possible and in a game so that, Something that I buy is something that you made, and then there's there's a there's a there's a gratification, almost a satisfaction in that, right? Like I made this, and I'm going to sell it and make money off of it, and that money that I can go use to go and make more things and make get make more money, and 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 actually have a sense of progression outside of go here, do this, or go here, deliver that. You know, instead of instead of you know, like go collect five pelts like an MMO, you know, in a FedEx mission, like you would see in WoW or whatever. You know, it's got to it's got to start somewhere where you 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 give a, a little bit of a sandbox element to your players. So that that's kind of where my base the basis for my ideal game would start, and then from there it would evolve a little bit. I, I do want it to be an immersive experience, so I wouldn't mind the first-person element aspect of it. And I think when dealing with a game like um, X-Wing or Wing Command and all that stuff, it, it puts you in the position of fighters, 
but you know we've had discussions on capital ships i think ideally with with a game that i would want to see is there is a progression system to where you can fly multiple different types of of ships and i think that you need to be able to unlock those abilities i don't just think like someone can throw you the keys to say uh, a capital ship and be like it's all yours now kid go have fun <laughs> i think there does need to be <laughs> some kind of a progression system with that well yeah like uh, a capital ship should be impossibly expensive right it's, well it's like, damn I, damn near yeah yeah but so, that's that's again where the economy thing kind of comes into play so so like you, you take you take those things so so far we've got like that eve kind of mindset of um sandboxy free form of economy to where from there, then you have to give players the materials that they have to go and gather. So around your environments, you have to place these materials for these, these people to go and gather. So, so you do that, but then like from there, yeah, you, you throw in kind of like an X, you know, Albion prelude type game into the mix where it's not just an economy, but you're managing your uh your life like your business your you know this this um quest that you're on through the stars or whatever game this game is that I'm thinking of yeah. so you throw in you throw in a little bit of that then um when it comes to the actual spaceship piloting for the smaller stuff it's definitely going to be very simplistic to um like you can do like a hodas or like a Hodos with a couple of maybe keyboard combos uh, for a few things. But I would then, I would accept the Discovery <laughs> Freelancer model of just uh, the you know the ship chases the mouse cursor, which if well, if Elite did that, it would be controllable with a mouse, but it's not. Well, that's 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 like a thing, but that's also like a third person experience uh, model. Yes, you can do first person in that, but that that model is designed around being third person ship play. Yeah, I'm just looking which, which, accessibility. Which, Who owns a joystick anymore? Well, this is true, but this is my ideal space game. Okay, so, so every everybody's computer sprouts a joystick tomorrow, and then we're good. This is ideally my, my ideal space. Well, game. I'm I'm allowing it. I'm I'm just saying that's what we need. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I do agree. Give uh, hold us for everybody. You get a house and you get a house. If it was, if it was up, if it was up to me, Microsoft would start making the force feedback two again, and everyone would buy one. That would be based on the original specs. Don't try and do anything. No, 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 no. Exact original, nothing new. But start putting force feedback back in games. You know. There you go. Oh, so anyway, so then. (laughs) So then on top of that, when you start getting to the bigger ships, the big bulkier ships, the big slower moving ships that take a lot of management, you move from the HODOS to just keyboard and mouse, meaning you are controlling a console in the ship, or you can give commands because at this point, the bigger the ship, the crew people that you're going to have to have. So you, you give commands to set courses somewhere and you can go back into like the captain's quarter or maybe like a lounge somewhere and your AI pilots are taking over the ship for you and taking it to where you want it to go. Um, if there is a, like say like a red alert, perhaps, you know, if you're coming under attack, you can go up to the bridge and kind of like take control and give your, your crew orders. Um, 
But is this, on, is this AI crew or is this going to be other humans? Because well, I'll 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 get to that. I'll get to that. So like, I, I do want it to be very much like a freeform thing, but there's also some narrative involved. Like there's some some something narratively that's holding this galaxy together. Obviously, because on top of um, birth, there's also death, right? So like, there's got to be conflict somewhere involved somehow. Um. I think I think what I would ideally like to see is a shared space in this kind of game. I'm not looking for like a freeform MMO, but like I can invite people to be a part of my experience. And and they and they make they make their own characters in this world, right? But like when they're not there, they they their their avatars just become NPCs that I can give orders to. And then when they come back, they they re-inhabit the the avatar that they made and take control again. But like you you set it up to be maybe a maximum of like four, um, four to eight. I would say four to eight people. But it's a shared experience, not a combative experience against other players. This is for me. Um, but I want this to like be like an ongoing thing where this world just continues to grow and thrive the longer you play it. Um, so like when you start the game and when you decide to finish the game, it could be like two to three years later you've been playing through one single go at it and where you started and where you left off are two completely different uh, worlds essentially because it's grown. Um, I, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be an always online kind of a thing. Although, you know, part of me would be like, it'd be kind of interesting to see it be like a, a constantly evolving world. But Eve already does that. Like that's already a thing in Eve. Like you can you can see that mapping out. But I don't know if I want to replicate that directly. Um, and I know Dual Universe is probably going to do something very similar. Although Dual Universe is going to be doing something completely different in that everybody starts out on that damn planet, and it's literally a space race. Who can gather the resources to build a spaceship first to get into outer space? And then who, once you're in outer space, can gather enough resources to go to the other planets and then build stargates to go to other systems, and then it's he who controls the spice. You know, so that that's an interesting concept, but that's not necessarily what I want for my ideal space game. Although I do like those concepts, and I do think they're cool. Um, right. These are just things that I've thought about, especially, like, when you look at you know, the progression from smaller ships to larger ships, I think the way you interact with those ships should change. Like, if I'm flying a big bulk freighter, I don't think I should be using a joystick as well. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) But, I mean, it could be like, you know, it could be like, what was that movie? Uh, Starship Troopers, where, like, that's clearly, uh, you know, she's flying this big ship with joysticks, apparently. So, question about that, though. Because in in doing it in a game context, right? So if you and I wasn't here last week for the capital ship thing, or or this would have been my my uh, beef, right? Is when you have a ship that is really big, right? Like let's let's look at Elite. I, I get an Anaconda. That ship is like a star destroyer, right? It's huge, and it's got one crew. That's me. Um, okay, so why do I need this giant ass ship for, I mean, it's impressive, right? It's got some guns on it and and whatever, but 
it, it just seems like the the scale for a single person gets way out of whack in these things. And like in the X game, right? You can have a giant like space aircraft carrier with one crew, you. Uh, but then if you if you do it in MMO style, right? Like uh, like in a bridge commander kind of way, right? Where it's like, okay, I got this ship, but I actually have to get ten of my friends to operate it, right? You know, that that kind of deal. Well, it's like, well, yeah, okay, you're the captain, but I want to be the captain of my ship, right? Uh, can I fly my ship tonight? Like, all you guys come up? So, so you kind of end up with, like, a landlord at that point, right? Like, the, the people, like in Eve, right? It's like, you own all these stations out here because you're the guy that had the money. and But it's like, well, if that was the ship equivalent, then it would be like, well you own the enterprise and then we're all just red shirts on that. So I don't know if that would be the best thing for me. Right. But if it was a single player game, then you get like rebel galaxy and who cares? Cause then you just populate with NPCs or whatever. Well, okay. So like that's, that's part of the thing with STO that I like is I am essentially a crew of one, but I do have NPCs that I can manage but there's 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 parts of that where it's it's like a mini game that is really a lot of fun. And I've made several references and mentions mm-hmm. to this, and I and I like that. Um, I, I I like that that added little thing to where it's it's not just I'm always flying said ship, or I'm always you know doing this. It gives me other things in the context of the world that I can do that are also interesting and fun and build depth to what I am doing. Right. I so like you have, that kind you of have stuff. Points, you have a point of interaction that is not shoot to kill. You know, you or, or just like, or I'm, or I'm just constantly like hauling things back and forth as like, you know, a freighter captain, you right. know, it gives me more to do and in depth. Like I like the idea of building a, like a space empire or, managing my space freighter business. You know, maybe I'm not the one who drives the space freighters anymore. Maybe I own a space freighter company and I hire (laughs) drivers to pilot the ships for me, you know, and I just go and lay back on my like space yacht. Yeah. Well, that that's the, okay. Like in the space hot tub with the space alien. I I would love that. Like, (laughs) well, like, okay. To to put the scale in like Eve context or whatever. Right. So it's like, I don't want to own Deep Space Nine, but I want to have a space on there that's mine, right? Like right. this oh, is yeah, my yeah, yeah. this is my business that's in the big NPC station. But I don't think that I should ever have enough money until I like if I become like Job of the Hut or something, and I'm a giant freaking super rich crime lord. Be like your cousin Galen and own that moon. Yeah. <laughs> or it's always profitable. Nobody went broke. On both sides. Nobody went broke. <laughs> Nobody went broke selling weapons. But it, it's it's just the, it's just the thing. Like whenever I whenever I become, uh, um, I'm dead broke and yet I own a moon, right? So it, it, it's just that breaks it for me. It, it's kind of like I I need uh, like I've talked about in trade things before, like the whole Euro truck in space kind of deal. It's like the struggle is just to make the payment on my truck. Right, I own the business and stuff, but that means I have to continue to work to pay for it. And in in these games, it's like, no, you need the money up front. You pay for it, you own it, and now it's just a profit generator. Yeah, yeah there's no the there's upkeep no upkeep. 
Right. So I, I like a little bit of an upkeep aspect. It's like, I got to pay the rent every month on this. And that keeps me actually engaged with it. I like the way the Pulsar handles it because the universe gets more dangerous as you go along. So okay. the upkeep isn't in uh, just simply repairs, but it's also in your upgrades too. So the so, further along you get, the more you have to actually spend on upgrades in order to keep your ship in not just in serviceable order, but so that you don't die at the drop of a hat. Spaz, I'm so glad you brought that up. So that's, that is actually one thing that I absolutely love about Pulsar, but this is also the same reason why I have frustrations with Pulsar. As I want, as, as I like where Pulsar is at, I want to see it do something more bigger and consistent. If that oh, makes I'll, I'll sense. Mention, I will mention Pulsar in, in, my section because because that's because that's that is almost very close to like what i'm wanting because you start out you, you can start out with something smaller you don't necessarily start out with like a fighter per se but like you start out with something smaller you have ai that you can control other players can come join you and inhabit those avatars and become those avatars and then they can take your orders or be the captain or whatever but it's very close to what I want, but there I want more. I want more depth. I want more interaction. I want more um, uh, something more solidified to call my own, so to speak. Yeah, and and unfortunately, with the small team that they are, it's it's going to be a while before they get there. But they are getting there. They, they right. have made significant and I, improvements. And I'm not complaining with what they've got so far. I, I, right. That's that's what they've done is is great, and the improvements that they've made over the last few years have been phenomenal. I'm just saying, like for for my ideal game, like for the take, dream, <laughs> yeah, for for the dream, I, I would I, I here here we go. Take take to, to close out my dream. You you take all of the best things about Pulsar that I've I've been mentioning, all the things about some of those X games, and all the best things about Eve Online, and you throw that into a blender. And to me, that would be my ideal space game. Sure, sure, sure. So what do you me. what do you think about permadeath? Like, um, if if Elite or Eve had permadeath, you, you you get killed, man, you're dead, right? Well, so, I think I think I think there needs to be divisions, kind of like divisions in what what Elite ultimately needs. I think the the avatar that you use for single player needs to be different than the avatar that you, you would use for multiplayer, right? So yep. I think the same thing happens here in that kind of a scenario. I think that you can play the game. It, it's kind of like Diablo. You can play the game uh, as a one-off, but if you die, that guy, characters are over, and you have to. They have those modes in some of these the other Iron games. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Hard so I, mode. So I so I think I think you can do like try hard mode in some of these. <laughs> In these games, sorry, if you want to, what, what do they call that? The uh, what's that really challenging game that everybody's talking about that for the last year or so? Uh, Dark, Dark Souls, Souls or whatever. Dark, Dark Souls, yeah, you know, you can Dark Souls mode it if you want to and, and put that into, into the game, but I don't think that should be the primary mode of play. But I do think it could be an interesting challenge, like. I have been playing in this mode for the last six months and still am, am living. And it's just like, well, that's an accomplishment. You know, you've actually put some effort and thought into that. And that's cool too. I just don't think like, you don't think it should be the default mode because that would turn off a lot of players. 
Correct. And, and I do know that there's some casualness out there. Like I like being casual sometimes about stuff. Like I, like there are just some days where I don't care. Like I, I will still even log into Eve, but I will just spin my ship in the station and watch the counter pop up at the bottom and see how high I can get it. You know, just because <laughs> I really don't care. 24, 25, 78. <laughs> Wait, there's a counter. What? Yeah, if you sit in your station and you just start spinning your ship after a few seconds, a little counter at the bottom will start popping up, and it'll count how many times you spun your ship in a circle. What? Oh my god! It it is a massive multiplayer fidget spinner. <laughs> That's fucking great. Excuse me, fracking great. Try to curse less. That's that's. I have to try that like tonight. I'm, I'm killing that's, my that's subscription good. right now. One one fifty fidget spinner. <laughs> What if the Thargoids had shown up and they were actually fidget spinners? I might actually they kind of they kind of are. I, I might actually log back into Elite if if they were fidget spinners. <laughs> um, so was that uh, was that it, uh, Hunter? Did you get it all out? Did, was yeah, that, it's that's okay. me. Okay, all right then, uh, Spaz. What about you? Well. Uh, since I mentioned Pulsar, that actually was kind of the start of what I would want in a dream game. Uh, you take the crew aspect of Pulsar, where the setting would be that you are part of a large convoy of ships. And you're trying to get from one end of the galaxy to the other. Now, this is this would be a little bit more of a I wouldn't say MMO, but it would be more uh, multiplayer-focused experience in which you could join a crew, and your crew would be part of this convoy. There could be other players on other ships as part of this convoy. So you're, you have this collective goal. Keep as many ships of the convoy alive. Build more ships as you travel from one side of the galaxy to the other, for whatever reason. And you have this economy that's within the convoy. You have, you think uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica in terms of most of these are civilian ships. Not all of them are armed. Most of them aren't probably. But over the course of the journey, you can find weapons to equip some of these ships so that they can survive a little bit better without the military presence or so, at least it can survive a little bit longer without the military presence. So, so you're kind of a, a floating city flying through space, just made up of ships that are kind of tethered together. Yeah, well, you could think of it like uh, the the uh, the human refugee fleet in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, because they actually developed like an, an inner ship commerce and stuff, right? Like ships had roles and... See, I, 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 they they basically became a city that was yeah, flying along. Yeah. Well, see, I was thinking Jews in space from uh, Mel Brooks' History of the World Part One. Jews. Yeah, you could get forty years out of that game easy. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> Fuck. Okay, I'm sorry I brought that up. Never mind. Please continue, Spaz. I'm editing yeah, that out. Well, oh, wait, no, I can't. Shit. <laughs> Well, so, t- so taking this this convoy idea, the player starts on on maybe a smaller ship, like a, a runabout size, and as they 
as they continue the journey, they the crews can collectively work together, finding materials, surveying areas, uh, bringing back materials, trading with other races. So there's a, a a bit of rebel galaxy within that 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 economy of okay, you don't always know who you're trading with, but hopefully there's enough impetus to actually trade with them so that both sides come out profitable. And then you're getting things like extra weapons or uh, sending people on away missions so you could actually do some of the the ground stuff that you would see in Pulsar. You know, you, you take your ship, you beam down, you maybe salvage what you can from deserted campsites or abandoned ruins and try to look for artifacts, that sort of thing. And maybe, depending on what you find, you can shave some of the time off of the journey. And then Ooh. you can find jump gates to travel from one place to the other. And then you still have on top of that this this dynamic economy, which depending on what the players do can be really profitable for everyone or profitable for just a few. And then you have the, the haves and have-nots of the universe. But depending on what what role you want to play, you know, you get, say, for example, a freighter, you might be able to take your crew and make some profitable trading runs, uh, bring back a bunch of weapons, maybe have to smuggle some things depending on where you're traveling through. So at, at what scale of multiplayer would you put this at? Like, I, is I it would... viable single player and then you can invite friends or is it dependent on a, a large population? I would say, uh, let's say, for example, it is, um, for the purposes of this, it would be instance-based with, say, 60 players per instance maximum. But you could still play it single player. You just have, you just have AI crew taking over in, in the vein of Pulsar mm-hmm. on your ship. And depending on the size of your ship, you may need more AI crew. So maybe... The, the ships mates might scale up to, say, uh, 10 or 15 people on a ship. Ooh, that sounds great. So it wouldn't necessarily be uh, flying Star Destroyers, but but you would also be, depending on the, the way that the player economy works out, uh, you might have those 60 people all working together to to build something star destroyer size and maybe you're tooling around in the galaxy on that as as just one ship in your fleet yeah i think for single player or small scale like that my ideal game is uh is battle cruiser 3000 not as it exists in reality but as it exists inside derek's head oh man that's Do you know that's I'm streaming Universal Combat because it's the closest game that I could think of, at least conceptually, to my dream game. <laughs> so I'm I actually played some of it today. <laughs> I mean, to to take on on Hunter's idea, yeah, it would be great if one of the things that you can build is a carrier in which the the other players on your ship can just jump into fighters, take off, and help defend the fleet. Yeah, well, I like the idea of like this is my game, but my friends can come in, or they can right, be playing right. their game, and I can jump in. Kind and, of, and kind I'm of borderlandsy. Sort of I'm a sidekick in your game. 
Yeah, kind of like Borderlands. Like they kind of drop in yeah. and drop out. Yeah, yeah, yeah but drop it, in drop out. Yeah. But it, but it's like, you know, if it's my game, I'm the captain and you guys are crew. But if it's if I come to your game, then you're the captain and it's your story and we're crew. So Hey Jim, yeah. Jim. Yep. I'm I'm the captain now. Look at me. I am the captain. Yes. It's kind anyway. of fu- it's kind of funny cuz Pulsar and Guns of Icarus are kind of in that vein. Yeah. Yeah, they are. But they could do more. You could do a lot more. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not to say that in, in the case of Pulsar specifically uh, that they won't. It's it's that they're still building. I mean, they're, <laughs> they've got a lot of work to do, but damn, I'm, I'm very, very impressed with what they have done. Yeah, it's... And they're nowhere near done, right? Like No, no not that I'm aware of, because I know they have a lot more they want to do in terms of fleshing up factions and they still haven't really touched on the 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 big threat to the universe which is the uh the infection that's spreading across uh taking over systems and and converting ships into well evil nastiness Yeah, it's already in there. It's just they haven't really fleshed it out too much yet. Oh, I see. That's pretty cool. And you can go to some of the infected systems and, and fight them, but you take constant damage as you do so. That sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds it really, is. Really it absolutely is. But it's there. Yeah, it sounds pretty awful. That sounds really fun, though. I, I, lo- I love the idea of the drop-in, drop-out stuff. Uh, especially if it's procedural, that would be great. Right, right, and yeah. and so the story would just evolve from you know my idea. It would, it would yeah. evolve as you as you move the fleet from system to system. I, I wouldn't say like FTL in that respect, but that you don't know where you're going to end up when you're making your next jump. So almost when you like get there would be a good framework. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you sort of. You get there, and then you sort of have to survey the area. You don't have anything explored. You, you, you don't have advanced notice of what you're going to find when you get there. So you may have some players who are just going to act purely as scouts. As you get into the new system, they have ships that are equipped with uh, expanded radar and scanning systems, and their goal is to go out and be your eyes. You know, that in itself would make a, uh, a pretty damn cool game if you were the scout for the fleet, like the, the fleet is behind you and you're the guy that has to go find the resources and tag them and sure. find where the enemy is oh, or, that'd be fun. or whatever. Yeah. Cause that way the, the onus is not upon you to be the general that leads the army into victory. It's more like you have to go out there and find us a way to, f- we need fuel and we need to not run into the enemy. Right. And we need eyes to be able to find both. So yeah. there you are. That sounds pretty cool. And, um, and that's the sort of game in which not necessarily anybody is a red shirt if they're playing. They they can decide the role they want to take. And it might be as a merchant just ferrying stuff between the ships of the fleet or being a scout or uh, going down and exploring these these planets and hopefully finding more stuff to bring back. Right. That does sound fun. Is that is that yours? Is that 
that that would absolutely be it. I mean, in oh, terms yeah. of fitting it all within one game. I mean, yeah, sure, you could throw in other elements, mini games, whatever else to uh, to mix it up a little bit. But but overall, yeah, I would want to see that kind of gameplay. So so what's going on on the roadmap with Pulsar? Like, where where does he want to end up eventually? Like, is he going to simulate like a like a whole galaxy kind of thing from a ships and missions and stations point of view or what? Well, from what I understand, there is that uh, there is an overarching story that isn't in yet. Uh, that uh, that you take your ship and you do have the the sandbox, but eventually you, there is a story to actually uh, delve into. It's just not in yet. Right. Well, you got to get the building blocks first. So sure. right, and they're they're totally working on that. with a team of two people. They've done an impressive job, so I have to give them so much credit for that. That's only two people. Yeah, Pulsar oh is only two people. Holy gar! Holy, holy truck nuts! Oh my god, I'm trying to come up with new words to say uh, <laughs> that aren't curse words. That wasn't much better. <laughs> holy truck nuts! Now uh, I would I would add one other thing to my actually now that I think about it is go for it. Uh the the faction reputation system in say Star Traders where depending on who you happen to help or attack you'll get uh you'll get reputation bonuses. You might be able to get them to uh give you safe passage through their territory or they might attack you relentlessly and destroy the fleet. So FTL uh, to an extent, yeah, because that, because that, that's how FTL works uh, as far as the meta map part. So if you had Pulsar with an FTL dose of of like trucking across the universe, because that's I mean, kind of what it is, right? It's point bit. to point. Well, it, it, to an extent, uh, with FTL, it doesn't really have reputation per se. Mm. But if you have certain members of a race on your crew, they might give you more options in the dialogues that come up. Uh-huh. It's the, those blue options. Yeah, it does sound pretty great. All right, let's wrap it up with mine, I suppose. Um, folks, I actually wrote an article about this six years ago on the blog. And in reading it, um, a couple things came to mind. One, Star Citizen is really trying to be this. It's not gonna be. <laughs> let's just let's just be clear about that. It it never will be. And if you get mad at me for saying that, I'm sorry. Sort of, not really. Because it had potential to be if it would have stayed on scope. Oh my god! Yeah, that's a whole another. That's a whole another episode of Oprah. But um. <laughs> Um, Sorry, that, that, that was pretty good. <laughs> but what, basically, the game I want is a mix of Freelancer, Hard War, and Skyrim, <laughs> all in a massively living single player universe. Because I'm very appreciative for you guys getting me into multiplayer games, and I've definitely opened up a lot to to multiplayer. But at my core, I just want to play when I want. Single player. 
uh, yes. with multiplayer optional is what you're saying pretty much, right? No, I I want purely single player is what okay. I want. I well, want single player. It, you can actually resolve the story and you can affect great change in the world. That yeah. You can't do in a multiplayer game because the state yeah. has to stay the same. Ex- exactly. And so the games that I thought came closest to this were like Universal Combat, Battlecruiser, uh, Parkin. Oh, what was that other one I just had in my head? Um, there was another one. Anyway. Uh, Salvation Prophecy was not great uh, in execution, but kind of close. It, it, Star Shatter was, was something along the lines. You know, something dynamic and engaging that I can make my way, that I could choose my role and make my way in the world. You know? And there are all these. Stranger. There are planets, like you can go down to planets like in Starflight and interact with things, and it's like Skyrim. And then you could fly around like in um, Hard War with a shuttle if you want to do quests that way. And then you could take off on your ship and 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 fly around that way and do missions that way. But there's also other ships you can fly. There are factions. You could take over factions. So it's like if Starpoint Gemini Warlord... Hard War, Skyrim, and Evacron had an orgy and, and put out a baby, basically. <laughs> but, so but somehow, somehow, science figured out a way for that to happen. Somehow, science figured out a way for that to happen, and that's I. Even in reading this article six years later, that's still what I want. And and like I said, some games have come close. Like Starflight came close. Universal Combat came close. Um, but like none of them have actually really fully done it for me, which is, is, is just kind of a shame, but this game will never happen. I know this game will never, ever happen because you're basically talking about what is the thing in ready player one? The, the, the thing you log into, do you guys remember what's it called? The, 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 the VR system they all log into. Yeah. The game thing that you log into. What is, does anyone remember what's that? That's called. I can't. But that basically, what I want is that. <laughs> basically, the Oasis. Thank you, Act Binary on YouTube. The Oasis. Ah, oh, I, I did. It wasn't that long ago. I read the book. I should. Oh, I should Ready remember. Player One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Oasis. Thank you, Act Binary over on YouTube. It's exactly what I was getting at. So yeah, the only way I think this game would happen is if we had an Oasis uh, level of power in terms of our gaming. That kind of brings up another question that maybe we should do for another show. Do we want the Oasis? Do we want the holodeck? You know what I mean? Do we, do we want that much immersion? I'm not sure. You know? I'm, well, I'm, you know what's interesting is uh, this kind of brings up another point. Uh, kind of off, off topic a little bit. but That's fine. Jim and I were talking about Westworld. And which I still need to watch. I admit, I'm, I apologize. You, for that. you really do. Yeah, I know um, I do. But the interesting thing about Westworld is, like, conceptually, as uh, video game players, when we play video games, uh, inherently, most of us at least should realize that it's a video game. It's not real. It's it's a, it's a thing that you can yeah. use to escape in. Mm-hmm. But when you when you get something like an oasis or a virtual environment, or you start delving into things that n- no longer 
resemble just a video game, but can very much look, feel, and be realistic. How do you conduct yourself in that kind yeah. of environment? I, and I don't know if necessarily this is a good thing that, to have, you know. No, I can't disagree with you. Like, one of the reasons, at least in my case, one of the reasons I can't watch scary things, horror things, is because even on a flat screen, I get so sucked into what I'm watching. Like, I get terrified, I get scared, like I really feel what's going on in whatever I'm watching. Because I just get that sucked in. And I worry that with that kind of virtual environment, I'd never be able to unplug properly. You know what I mean? That's totally fair. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing, because Hunter and I had a discussion about this the other day, about uh, whenever you take the, um, basically, when when you no longer have to own yourself, right, and you don't have any kind of uh, accountability for your actions or interactions with other people, um, then you get basically the... Uh, like the Eve syndrome, right? Where it's just like, well, I prey on other people for fun because this is a blast. Right. But it's like, well, for the guy that's kind of being abused, it's not really great, you know, but, it, but it's like, so I, I think it's like uh humans seek empowerment. Right. And whenever you take the, uh, the cost of that away, the risk is gone from it. Then people tend to get really douchey with each other. Right. And I mean, we see this in, in like chat rooms and forums and stuff where there's just some anonymity in play and how people can flame each other up and stuff. But if it was like actually two people on the street, they would have respect for each other. But I, I think it's like when you put that curtain of, of anonymity between them, like the gloves come off. And, and right. I think we, we show our dark selves, you know, our, our potential for shittiness. So I don't know that I want a, uh, a virtual world where yeah. there's not some penalty for, for being completely uh, not, not antisocial, but just the damn opposite of, right? Yeah, like I was – we've been watching a lot of Star Trek, and we noticed on Star Trek, besides Clear the Holodeck, there really aren't many video games. It's all just – almost all analog games. And or I wonder, like um, hollow novels, I guess they call them. Yeah, yeah. hollow novels. Yeah. yeah, but that – I mean, there aren't really – like when they're playing games, they're playing poker or they're playing chess or they're mm. playing – like the closest thing I ever think we got to a game – video game was – Either that one was at the game, the episode the game with Wesley, yeah. you know that one, or that um, that Stratagema game that they played in that one season two episode. That one guy played Data. Yeah, Zach Dorn. Yeah, yeah, Zach Dorn. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not talking about DS. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> we're oh god! Oh god! I, I know. <laughs> Is that a video game though? Oh my god. You, home, you have to learn as you play. <laughs> um, Chula! The best game, best game in Star Trek's Dabo. Well, no, there was the... Um, Another analog that, game. Uh, what was that one game that was uh, like inherently like the pleasure game that like drugged them? Yeah, the game. That's that one? Okay, yeah. I was wondering. Yeah, the one where, uh, the one where they disconnect Data and Wesley's chasing them through the ship or running away from them through the ship because they're all because wearing they're the only one immune 
Well, thank God they never had like an X Files kind of episode where they had to like go into virtual reality to save somebody. Remember the well, bat? they had well, holodeck episodes with similar well, teams. Sort but of. But the holodeck wasn't like, oh, I put on these goggles and now well, I'm in a different world. It's like. Rem- Remember the Batman well, episode that had that? The Batman episode with the Riddler that had that? Just now. Can't say oh, that I, did. I do. Oh, my was God. Was that the 60s show? It was really ahead of no, us. No, no, the animated series. The animated series. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Bird what? Good episode. What was that? Uh, what was that? What was that uh, movie where uh, Inner Space? They had the Inner Space episode of DS Nine where like the runabout gets shrunk. Oh, I love that episode. And they're like yeah. they're like running around like on on the top of uh, like isolinear chips and yeah. Shit. <laughs> Don't sit on that one. You'll 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 fry yourself. Yeah, and they're firing photons. They're firing photon tor- little tiny photon torpedoes at the Gemadar. I love that episode. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's, it's quite dumb, but it's, yes, it's fun. Still a fun episode. It's, oh, it's, it's so, so fun. fun it's so fun. <laughs> apparently, and then little Tom. Apparently, uh, I have the companion. I read that that one episode almost blew the budget for the season. <laughs> like that one episode. <laughs> Because it was so expensive. Oh, yeah, all the visual effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the sets with the isolinear chips and everything. It's just a very, so the, very expensive. So the, uh, the holodeck, how much privacy are you guaranteed to have on the holodeck? Because, you know, I would, I would think that, like, they would look at the programs that people are running on the holodeck. Oh, boy. And, and just be like, well, perhaps we need to intervene. I, well, I just, that, you know, even that went into depends. that with Barkley. Yeah, well, there's the there was the Barkley thing, but there's also some anonymity and privacy because there was that episode of Voyager where it was getting close to um, uh, Tuvok. He he had to like pawn far it, and his like <laughs> he's like I've got I've got no like female to do this with, and and uh, Paris was like, well, we can like set you up in the holodeck. <laughs> But then, but then shit goes south because like the power systems get interrupted, and like he's in the middle of Ponfarin, and it's just like. Well, <laughs> no, I love I, I love it. how you the put doctor, it. He's Ponfarin. The doctor's a hologram, and he could change himself. In oh no, 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 thought with i hope the holodecks are as self-cleaning as they claim they are that's all well, it, would, it would be really uh, bad if that was going on and then the power flickers and- oh well, let's, 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 let's talk let's talk about that for a second <laughs> wesley crutcher was a 14 year old boy on like the flagship of the federation right oh access to all kinds of things 14 think, oh jesus yes 14 years like old. if i was a 14 year old boy on that ship you would never be able to get me out of the holodeck but, the, but there's, the, that, there's that there's the comedian who was like Wesley, you need to go see Counselor Troy. <laughs> this is Counselor Troy. Like, oh man! Wow. So, <laughs> no, no, there was so, a, uh, so in in Star Trek, everybody has the job that they want, right? It's like they seek the career. That, well, not necessarily. That I mean, it, they're it free to seek the career that they want, right? But, so who but, so but, who has the bucket and the mop in the hollow deck that cleans up all this weird shit that no, goes on? That, the the enterprise no, the, the is self cleaning. They use oh. yeah they they use replicator tech okay to to just transport anything that's 
left behind out of it. If wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where dematerialize it? Okay, so this is a disgusting question. I'm sorry, folks. Hang tight. So if someone, if there's nasty stuff on the holodeck. And they beam it. Where do they beam it? Do they beam it to like the place that has all the biomatter for the no, replicators? No, no, no. Uh, to- if, it's, if it's replicator tech, they can just yeah convert it into energy. Yeah, right. They, then- they, they, they oh. just they, they, so so literally the Enterprise runs on jizz. Oh, right. Well, wow. which it's holodeck powered. <laughs> So wow. much like the I'm internet, much like the internet, Riker, we need extra power to the phasers. Get down to the holodeck. Get down to the holodeck, Riker. That is oh, a different no. kind of dream ship. That's oh, no. Jordy, go, go make a holodeck. Jordy, go make a holodeck of Leah Brahms on the holodeck. And, and we need more power to the shields. Just, just oh, no, I'm sorry. No, but I, okay. So. Let, let's take it out of out of like the gutter. Blatant, yeah, let's take it out of porn, and let's say like <laughs> so. There's there's somebody right that for for whatever reason their their holodeck thing is they're a serial killer or something. So it's just like they just go in there and and like axe murder people. Oh, so kind of like De- kind of like Dexter, kind of like Dexter. Yeah, kind of like that. So then it's so then it's like okay, what what's really going on with this guy? Because he he's he's doing some some psychologically highly unhealthy shit in the holodeck. This can't be good, right? And at what point do you separate your your holodeck interactions from reality, right? Because I'm sure that there would be you know it's it's like okay we you know you you build this fantasy of of yourself in the holodeck. And then you come out in the real world and interact with normal people. Like, how how easy is it to switch that off? Well, right? a serious answer here to that is that that is why ships have counselors. It's the whole point of them having is because the holodeck will fuck you up. So we got well, Troy. No, it's, it's that well, just in, yeah, in, it's, general. Yeah. in general, they need counselors to keep people sane. And right, especially when trips. You know, you you could be out there for months between years. Stops. Right, because you can only well, play you know, so no, much slug between, bug. Between stops at a at a station, you might be months out. You know, some of the uh, the rotations they just had mentioned. You know, they were out there for three to six months between stops at at a Federation station. Yeah. So, what, so would it be like a road trip where where like Data leads them in a rousing uh, chorus of ninety nine bottles of Romulan ale on the wall, and they're just killing time as they. It would get boring as shit. I'll, I'll say that. Road well, trip. for survey missions, it could get boring, yeah. But then again, that's the whole point, is they're out there surveying. <laughs> so now hopefully they'll find something, but chances are they won't. It's an anomaly. Wouldn't it have been, wouldn't it been great if there was one episode where they didn't find anything? It was just a normal day where nothing really happened, and... They just didn't find anything, and like, but it, but it looks like something's going to happen several times, but nothing ever happens. I wouldn't mind they, that one. They could have called it. They could have called it like boredom, and it's just like. Well, here's an interesting thing. Riker bouncing a ball on the wall. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, apparently, the Orville season two is going to have one episode that doesn't have any sci-fi at all. It's going to be all character-driven stuff. I wonder if it'll be. I wonder if it'll be something like that. That'd be cool. They're gonna go camping. Oh God! Did that already. Oh God! 
Another marshmallows. marshmallows. Yeah, gonna gonna sing uh, row 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 your boat. Uh, Ninety nine bottles of Romulan we're, ale. We're gonna need uh, we're gonna these horrible sweaters with elbow patches. Uh, <laughs> that would have been. On, come like, on, Brian. You know you have some in your closet. Uh, that, that would have been like the episode if Data had taken up knitting, and then they could have had an episode like Data Data knits a sweater for Worf. <laughs> Well, and it's an painting. ugly sweater, but but Worf can't. Worf is too polite. Worf is too polite. Yeah. He would be like, you know, th- thank you, sir. He, he wouldn't really. <laughs> yeah, but you'd have to, like, manage his four nipples, you know? <laughs> he has two of everything else. Why not Why not double the nipples? Uh, do, do, we, do, do, we, do we ever see Worf shirtless? I don't think we do. <laughs> no. No, I don't think we but do. But we don't need to. No, no. Just like we don't need to know uh, about other things. Yeah, oh god, that's true. Discovery that's true. season two. What will we, we sure learn? Did, we oh. sure did discover a lot in that season, didn't we? Oh, I'm not even done it yet. Oh god, I, I'm not that, even that, finished it yet. The the summary of that entire run of Discovery was that one image on Star Trek shit posting. It was the title image for a while. It was it was uh, Worf with a double bagger thong on? Oh, <laughs> a double banana hammock thong. By the way, folks, if you do want a funny Facebook group, Star Trek Star Trek shit posting is it's quite hysterical. It's not only is it hysterical, they're like super prolific. Oh my and god! Some, and sometimes highly accurate. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, let's start wrapping up. Uh, folks, um, thank you for listening tonight. Uh, the show is brought to you as always by awesome Patreon subscribers. Uh, folks, if, if you're on Patreon or you want to be on Patreon, I'd like to hear what you think about tiers. Cause I'm thinking of adding some, but I just haven't figured out the right Salty ones yet. Kind. Yes. Um, so if you, if, if you want any, if you have any thoughts about that, I'd love to hear them. Um, but just a couple of show notes before we wrap up. Thursday, we're going to be playing the co-op top-down uh, twin-stick shooter thing, Rift Star Raiders. So I'm excited about that. I've only played the tutorial, though, but it was really fun and very challenging. Uh, apparently, it's very fun in co-op from what people are saying. So uh, what, how much does that sell for? Don't you have a copy? I, I don't think so. I thought you Unless had you sent me something, I didn't see it. I thought you had a copy. Um, if not, we'll have to get you one. Um, well, I'm just curious in general. Uh, let me. I I don't know. I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, why don't you look while I'm while I'm talking? Okay. Um, and uh, then next Tuesday on the show because I I was too tired to do our monthly MMO meetup this past weekend, which was entirely my fault. I was out way too late doing karaoke. Um, we are going to talk about spacey MMOs next week. Uh, the ones that are still around, the ones that have failed, uh, the ones that we're hoping to see, you know, that sort of thing while we play some Eve online, uh, live, uh, wink, uh, over on Twitch. We actually did play some alien isolation a while back and I used the excuse of Halloween to totally pussy out. I totally wussed out, and uh, I don't know if I'm ever going back. Sorry, guys, but that game was terrifying. 
because I knew something was going to come at my face. I didn't know when. <laughs> just which, which game was that? Remember, Wink on, um, on Twitch is like, you should play Alien Isolation. I'm like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. So no, the way no, that, no, 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 wait. The way that you play Alien Isolation oh boy. is you you ignore the the like actual main game, right? For if you if you want to just experience something and, and it's familiar, right? So you get the crew expendable or no, the lone survivor is the one. So you get to play as Ripley for the last fifteen minutes of the movie. Where you have to run in and set the self destruct and get in the sub in the shuttle. And get the alien out of there. That again sounds escape. absolutely terrifying. Like yeah, but you know what's going to happen. Does it, it doesn't matter. Like the movie. Doesn't matter if I know it's going to happen. I would probably poop my pants. <laughs> yeah, but it but it's the thing of like you could watch the movie and then play that, and then you could have a rousing commentary about how accurate it was to it <sighs> and how it changed your perspective of the movie because it did for me. Uh, it's it's just like. Wow. Okay, I understand that scene a lot better now because I I wear oh. those shoes. Interesting. Maybe I'll I, do... I thought it was spectacularly well done in the game. The, That's just good. that thing, it's compressed, and you know, it's it's like fifteen minutes of oh shit, and it, it's it takes out all that uh, stuff from the main game where you, you just kind of are like hunting for what do I do next or whatever. It's very linear. But it's the condensed experience, and yeah, it's not easy, right? It's not a guaranteed win thing, but it's you know, I mean, you get a flamethrower, and it's like, oh shit, there's the alien, you know, push, shoot him in the face with the flamethrower, buy yourself some time, right? Um, so it's it's not too hard, but it's it's I th- I feel that that is the ultimate experience in that game if you want to get one good dose, and you know. And then once you've seen the alien a little bit, you're kind of over it, and you know it, it becomes an, another actor in the game. It's it's like by the time I got done with that game, it was like about as scary as being chased by a Pac-Man ghost. It just really didn't bother me. But man, it, at first when when it's like oh shit, there it is, and you haven't figured out how it acts yet. Yeah, it's super tense. Uh... Um, but but I would say do the DLC thing because it doesn't really pursue you. Like if you do something dumb like sprint down the hallway, make a lot of noise, slam doors and shit. And it knows where you're at. You're going to die. But if, if you play it, you know, like sneak around and hide under the desk and wait for it to leave the room and then sneak out and you'll be fine. Right. Well, but yeah, it, if you don't have that DLC, I'll freaking buy it for you. If you I actually it. do have it. I just checked. I don't know how, but I, I apparently I it for you. you might've, you very well might've, um, so yeah, next Tuesday we're going to talk uh, MMOs and play some EVE Online to make up for missing the uh, MMO um, meetup this past weekend. So if you have EVE Online, you're welcome to join us uh, as we, I don't know what we'll do, but we'll do something. It'll be fun. Yeah, by uh, the way, Riftstar Raiders, the trial is free. Uh, it's four players for the first two missions, oh. and then it's $19 to buy in after that. I could have sworn you got a. So copy. that's a that's a bit I of a thought, steep. I thought you gave him the key, but okay. Maybe I I don't know. I have to look. You should take a look because I'm pretty sure I got four keys for all of us. Um. Anyway, folks, thank you so much for watching, 
and listening to our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for supporting us and keeping the lights on around here. And we will see you next week. Thank you all. Good night.